Hey, you there, man? Hey, how you doing, Brandon? Pretty good. How have you been? I've been all right. Sorry for the delay. We had trouble with the music, but that's okay. Oh, Uh, yeah, I get right. (laughs) Delays everywhere. Yeah, you know, it's all right. We don't need no intro music today. It's this is the first podcast back, you know, season two, episode two. Uh, with everything going on, everybody here at the BSJ podcast, we took a break. You know, other, you know, 2020, it, it's, it's been a doozy. Oh, it's just getting started, man. It's election night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just worried that 21, or 2021 is going to tell 2020, hold my beer. Watch this. Oh, it's, it's, I think, I think we, I think we're running the curve almost. So. Yeah, I think, with, you know, with the election going to be tonight and, I think things, it's not going to end, you know, all, all together, but I think the COVID thing will, we'll see a decline in it now. So. Anyway, welcome to the BSJ podcast, season two, episode two. Like I said, I'm your host, the American Redneck Buckshot Jones. As always, these podcasts will be talking to, excuse me, independent professional wrestlers promoters, managers, about their careers, and indie wrestling in general. My guest today is a guy I met in the ICWF for the first, that's the first time I met him. Uh, my guest today, Brandon Morgan, man. Thanks, brother, for being on the show. Pleasure. It's been a, it's been a while since I, you know, I love talking wrestling, so. Yeah, it's been a while since, you know, I've seen you, man. It's, I think that was OWO. Yeah, man, I'm in my bunker. I'm uh, I'm holed up. <laughs> so, I got that prepper mentality. So, how you been doing through this whole 2020, you know, chaos going on? Yeah, I started a business in 2019, and this hit it real hard. So, uh, just surviving it. A uh, couple young kids. Uh, COVID hit the school here not too long ago the schools we got five or six in our school district with it so i went ahead and pulled my third grader out you know i uh i got a three-year-old as well she's not in daycare anymore so we're uh well, that's about that's about the covid stuff man uh, hold up at the house waiting on over yeah you know i we i got a third grader too you know me and ex-wife number two pulled her out because they had a covid scare at our school so we pulled her out. Now she's doing the remote learning, homeschooling, whatever you want to call it. Put your spin on it. That's what we're doing. And she's still, you know, she she's been an A student since you know she started. She's still doing great. So we just got a report card, and her mom, you know, sent me a picture of it. Our daughter's doing good. Um, my son Nash, he's living in Oregon now. He's he's doing good. Getting ready to get married next year. It's crazy how fast they grow uh, up, man. Oh, absolutely. Another one's in, uh, got a Marine. So, so yeah, it's, yeah, they grow up fast and wow. That's, yeah, trust me. I'm, uh, I got eight, like I said, eight and three, and I'm ready for another one. I got two girls. I'm thinking a boy might be, might be in order, but got to find a willing party. You know, I have a tendency to, uh, I don't know. Things just never seem to quite work out in relationships. So, Oh, you know, I've been married twice, divorced twice, but I reconnected with an old high school flame, you know, the one that got away pretty much, and we reconnected, and things Hell are yeah. going great. Things are going great. I mean, it's <laughs> it's great to be able to smile again, and I'm getting comments from guys like Christian Steele and Joe Black and my shoot job, and you know, everybody over there, you know, Saying it's good to see me smile for once. Yeah, oh. that's exactly what you mean there. My divorce hit me like a, like a Mack truck and then backed up over me, dude. Like she was, uh, I mean, not to sound too fruity, but like sun, moon, and stars. Do anything for the lady and it just didn't work out. And it took me probably five years to really, really come out of it. Uh, wrestling for me, I don't know. And uh, it, it didn't even anymore. Like, it, it really took the clean out of my sails. But uh, rounded the corner on that, uh, turned the TV on, tried and uh, 
just it anymore. I'm telling you, there's something missing. Yeah, I know. Uh, I did a show for TWA. It was my TWA debut for a great promoter, Brett Litchfield. I mean, probably one of the best promoters in the state of Ohio and probably West Virginia as well. Yeah, I think you I know, worked for Brad once or twice, and he's just a genuinely yeah. good person. Like, he, and they're hard to find yeah. in wrestling, you know. So yeah, and he and he knows how to run a good show and put a good story together, and and his fan base, it's just fabulous. Well, you know, my debut, and I'm getting a cell phone blown up by X number two right before I, and she knows better. I mean, get in my head, and the match looks like shit. Horrible. I mean, I mean, so that was that, but I ended up, we went out that night, uh, stayed with JT Storm that night at his place, and ended up, we went into a hotel room, so. <laughs> for a month at $400 a freaking week. But anyway, <laughs> off to this, you know, right. the fourth wrestler story. I mean, that, that's common for guys in our industry, our industry but yeah, as I stated at the top of the show, we met in the ICWF. Throughout the years, where else have you uh, wrestled at or worked? Well, Lord knows. Uh, I started, I'd say 2004, uh, NWH with Richard trained for i mean you know a lot of guys our age uh it wasn't like the generations before we we went in our backyards and trained see natural ability to take a good beating so uh they thought i was a natural because i knew how to fall already and you know i knew i knew how to take a bump uh every which way you can so i ever did uh, in pro wrestling was for the nw uh, worldwide convention they held it here in Parkersburg at the City Park Pavilion. I uh, worked with them for I don't know two years or so, and you always find little spot shows here and there, uh, different little small companies, which I couldn't tell you the the the, the mass number of those. But uh, XMCW, and I think that was in Nitro, West Virginia, maybe. I uh, did some shows with them and uh, hooked up with Mike Howerton, and he he started a company called Park. He hooked up with the AWA. Uh, he got an AWA sponsorship or an affiliation or whatever you call it. He paid the paid the dues and worked with them for a long time and then uh, for a bit there with you guys. Um, I'm and I ran through till about July of '07. You know, uh, then after that, I, I took took a few years off, uh, a lot of years actually, and. Went and worked for Remix, did a show for them. Uh, that's a really great company, too. Uh, took a few more years off, and then uh, dude, dude, working down there. Off. But uh, uh, those are the main companies there, you know. Did an for a bit, and then a little bit with the AWA, uh, and then a bunch of spot shows for smaller promotions here and there. Yeah, I mean. It'd be good to see it back. I mean, I was on Joe Black for a long time and, you know, six years, and it didn't look like he missed a lick. I mean, he had some ring rush, you could tell, but. When Brad called me up to go work, oh, he really. Summer 2017. I hadn't been in a wrestling ring, and Lord, I couldn't even tell you how long five, six years. You're going to go wrestle David Day. David Day, he's amazing. Uh, yes, he is. We went down there, and it was an outside. Dude, it's 95 degrees. We're outside. He's like, we want you guys to go 25 minutes. Someone needs oxygen. No, but uh, once we got out there, uh, we went 24 minutes and 58 seconds. You know, and it was, I mean, I was blown up, but. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, who, uh, I know you talk about, you know, us training, you know, a lot of us, in you know, nowadays, but training in the backyard, but where and who and who trains you? Uh, well, in 04, when I hooked up with the NWA, there, Richard Arpin, he had, uh, he had a guy, he went by the name, uh, Goldberg was still kind of a thing. 
know his legit shoot name, but uh, he wrestled as Johnny Hart. Really big uh, with me. Uh, uh, Chain, which is because he doesn't. Guys like Vance Desmond, uh, Cole Cash, trying to think of uh, Zach Vincent. Zach Vincent's an amazing talent. Uh, so we all kind of come in at the exact same time and uh, they went in, you know, made sure we knew our basics and then they just turned us loose. So there was a group of us that I think kind of sort of got on the job training, if you know what I mean. Right. Which is, you know, in my opinion, hey, you know how to fall, you know how to run the ropes, you know how to call a match in the ring, you know how this and that. So now you just go out and you, you know, you listen, you learn how to listen to the crowd and actually work a real match, you know. Exactly. Do you remember your first match and who your uh, who your opponent was? <laughs> I don't know if you. I there's two there's two actually, and I know that sounds weird, but I'll explain to you. So at the NWA 55th convention, uh, I was still training, but like I I could take uh, I could take a pretty mean bump. I was pretty light back then. I may have been 145 pounds. You know they'll book they'll bill you at 175, 180, but I was 145. Maybe after a Wendy's double, I was 150. They had me as security, and uh, Romeo Godwin was wrestling somebody. He started beating up security guards. He pulls me in the ring and starts beating me up. Boom, big bump. Well, the promoter grabs the mic and says, you don't want to make him angry. Can you guess what my name might have been? You don't want to make him angry. I was Bruce Banner. So I took took an ass whooping for about two minutes, and he threw me into a broom closet. And uh, we had a big 300-pound don't remember his name to save my life but he was a good worker but he was dressed up as the incredible hulk and he came out and you know beat the snot out of <laughs> romeo godwin there so i kind of count that as my first match but in all actuality my first match is we took a trip we went up to i don't even know where it was man it was up north somewhere me and uh vance desmond maybe vance i know rocky reynolds was there tony wolf was there as a the referee big tony wolf and uh they said, hey, uh, we're going to go ahead and work you tonight against this guy called Angel. He's a sh- short guy, uh, did a lot of Jericho-type moves. Uh, heck, he might have been Jamaican. I don't know, but uh, hadn't had a pro match, didn't know the guy. Didn't have a name. Still didn't have a name. It was Bruce Banner in my first one. So they said, what's your name? And Rocky Reynolds said, hey, he's Tony Wolf. You know, he's a rib. And uh, right. so I wrestled him as Tony Wolf. And uh, – he beat me with a lion salt, and that would have been in in uh, summer of '04, I believe. Wow. Um, what were some of your best matches, and uh, what were some of your worst that you remember? Oh, worst matches. I don't. I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't think. I mean, I don't want to sound yeehaw here, but I don't think I ever had a bad match. Uh. I did have a bad, well, there was one match I had with a guy called DJ Skittles. The match was solid. Me and him worked really well together. He was a solid guy in the ring. Uh, And I don't even remember what I was using as a finish at that time, maybe a fisherman suplex. Well, I hit him with some move, and he says, go to the top rope and do a frog splash. I didn't done a frog splash, you know what I mean? Never done one, ever. So I get to the top rope, come off with this big-ass frog splash, and, man, I land on my feet and then fall on him. It looked like 10 pounds of dog shit in a 5-pound sack. It was awful dude the promoter pulled me in the back and he chewed my ass like i'd never been chewed before uh best matches i I wrestled uh he was uh ricky landell he wrestled over in japan there for a while he came in with uh mike howerton and the awa we did a probably three or four matches over a month uh he was the awa zero one max champ man and we we wrestled in uh mannington Parkersburg, St. Mary's, and we wrestled here on at, uh, Parkersburg South. And honestly, uh, he was a real pro. And uh, he he uh, he didn't he led. But he also gave me an opportunity there. And I'd say my best matches were probably with him. They were. Uh, I had a tendency. I was a big Chris Benoit guy. I had a tendency to uh, some of the guys that we got used to working each other. We just do the matches we saw on TV. But with Ricky, we went in there and we worked real legit wrestling matches, and they they were amazing. They're they're still my favorites. 
Okay, yeah. Speaking of which, who do you like working with? Oh, Lord. Uh, there's very few people that I don't like working with. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm naturally, I do really well as a baby face. So I like working with, with solid heels, you know. Uh, but if I get a chance to work as a heel and I'm going to work with a baby face, I want to work with one of them that, that likes to fly around. Because uh, instant way to get heat right there is you got a guy who can fly and they know it and you keep him on the ground. You can build that up and you can build that up. And he doesn't have to hit five high spots. He just hits that one and puts you out, you know, and it's less wear and tear on both of you. And it, it and and the pop's even bigger most of the time. Right. Um, anybody you don't like working with? Uh, truthfully, no. I've never really, never really had anyone that I just. No, no, I've never had anyone I had a problem with like that. That's that's rare nowadays. I mean, now I mean, with the industry, there were there were a couple of guys. I mean, I'm not a big name drop type person, you know. When especially when it comes to negatives, I don't I don't feel it's going to get me anywhere positive. So uh, there there were a couple guys coming up, you know. uh, I'm trying to think. Oh four, oh five. That X division was going on, and they were everybody was real big on the strong style. So you get in there and you get to working and, and, you know, we're throwing forearms or this or that, and you're taking a 80% uh, full force shot. It doesn't really, it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't really sit well. You know, so. Yeah. Anybody you would like to work that you have never worked before? I don't even know who's in the game now on the independence, but Vane Lewis would be one. Me and Vane talk here and there. I always, I always found him to be solid, uh, a real nice guy. Uh, yeah. Vane would be one. I'm trying to think of who I haven't worked, really. Um, oh, I would love to see you and Vane Lewis in that Yeah, way. we had talked there about six months ago, and uh, I just had a knee surgery here in March. And you young kids, you're like, man, I want to get back in the game. I want to get back in the hunt. Uh, and when you get older, your priorities change, you know, we all want to be, be on TV yeah. and we want to be, we want to make money. We want to be, I mean, famous sounds, it sounds ridiculous, but deep down inside, most of us would like to be famous for doing this. Uh, but now, uh, I'm, I'm going to be 37. I'm in the best shape of my life, man. I'm, I'm 195 pounds. Uh, I've been hitting the weights like a madman. Uh, I've got most of my bad habits under control, so if I come back, I think I'd like Vane Lewis to be my first match. Oh, yeah, that, that'd be – yeah, I'm getting back in the routine. I need to get back in, you know, the little thing again, just throughout this whole thing and divorces and other stuff going on. Yeah, I kind of put on some weight that, that you don't want to put on, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, I, I got all through the mind funk stuff and, you know, got my <laughs> head clear. So, you know, start with the podcast again. And once Ohio allows us, start doing shows. Hopefully I can start getting some bookings again. But, yeah, and my girlfriend now, I mean, she's she's got me doing some changes. She got me off to Copenhagen. And I've been doing that since I was 13, 12, 13 years old. I just turned 51. That's a hard one to get off of, man. So, yeah, I'm on, I'm on day nine. Well, so yeah, three and four was the hardest. Right now, you go, you go I mean, cold turkey yeah, I, on that, or shoot, yeah, boy, yeah, I just threw yeah. on some patches or something. Yeah, I quit so, smoking. I had to. When I quit smoking, I uh, I actually went to. Uh, it's kind of fluffy, but I went to like the snus pouches because they were fruity. They tasted good. Uh, yeah. I used those for a month, and then I put the patches on, and that got me through. A lot of that's that hand to mouth, man. You quit that, you're gonna you get to eating. When I quit smoking, I put on twenty pounds in like a week. So yeah, I think I'm kind of eating a little bit more. I've noticed, but you know, she kind of mentioned something about it, and I've been wanting to quit. I've tried to quit before, and, but you know, she, like I said, she's into the health stuff. So she's gonna help. Me. With the smoothies and all that, you know, which I never thought I'd ever do. Who would have ever thought a buckshot gun? Hey, it's good for you, man. You'd be surprised. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it. 
My mom has been on me. My kids have been on me for years to quit Copenhagen. And I finally did. But, you know, I watched or listened to a podcast from Steve Austin. It's an old one. And he talked about quitting. He quit cold turkey. So I decided to give it a try. You know, she kind of mentioned her concern about it. And I gave it a shot. Day nine, here I am. So I think I got it beat, especially after day three and four, like I said. That was right. the roughest. Sweating and shaking. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> it's like, ugh, my skin was crawling. I was ready to bite. Oh, yeah. You, anytime you're doing anything like that, push the water. I mean, water is always good all the time, but especially yeah. when you're trying to quit what's basically toxic, you know, to you, you push that water through you and it makes it, it makes it a little bit easier. I think it's a trick. Yeah. I think you're just taking, you're pissing well, so much that uh, you don't even notice anything else. You're like, damn, I'm going to the bathroom a lot. You can't even notice yeah, the nicotine withdrawal. Pissing, yeah, and then you need to piss a lot of that nicotine out and all that, the toxins from it. And so, yeah, I mean, it's you know, having her back in my life is going to be a blessing, I think. And long run, it's, you know, like I said, she's the one that got away. But that's in that story. We won't bring her up no more. Right. With the wrestling talk. Uh, Growing up, who were some of your influences? Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, Bret Hart. Oh, let me see. I mean, I, I was a big Steve Austin fan, but I wouldn't say he was a influence on my style in the ring. Uh, Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit was my number one, dude. And uh, so I'd say those four guys, you know, Flair, Michaels, Bret Hart, and Chris Benoit. Uh so what made you decide to become a professional wrestler? Well, um, uh, through, I mean, through high school, it's all I, I mean, that's the only thing I did. It's the only thing I thought of. I, 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 I'd skip. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing now, but you skip your grandpa's funeral because you don't want to miss Monday Night Raw. You're, you're hooked, man. You're hooked beyond belief. Uh, so at that point, you know, I realized, hey, I, was in, I went to college through high school in the summer, you know, I, I was, I, I was going to go pre-med. Yeah. You know, I was either going to be a physician's assistant, maybe going to be a doctor, depending on how it worked out. But, uh, we were over Lowell for the Oktoberfest. I would have been in 11th grade. Richard Arpin had his ring over there doing that jumbo boxing. And I uh, said, so this ring's cool, man. It'd be good for pro wrestling. And he's like, well, that's what I use it for. This is a side gig. And uh, he said, once you're 18, come down and see me. You know, we run down here, the, down here at the City Park Pavilion in Parkersburg, first Saturday of every month, and went down and caught a couple shows, loved it. Uh, there's a real big difference between going and watching the WWE and going and watching uh, a show with 50 to 100 people in the crowd. And once I got in that room with 50 to 100 people in the crowd, none of them were famous, but they could still rock a room. I mean, that's when I knew. You know, these guys are nobodies, you know, in the wrestling world, but man, they've got these people moving. And that was impressive to me. I, you know, I knew after a couple shows. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, the independent shows, I mean, everybody who's listened to my podcast before knows that, you know, how I feel about the WWE product now. Well, I think the big problem with it now is where where it was. There was a lot of, I don't know, man. You you look at the you look at the situation. It's like, man, you need a character. There's a difference between looking at that guy and saying, man, he's a character, and playing a character. And what we've got now is a bunch of guys, and especially the girls, uh, that it's a springboard in their minds to Hollywood. Um, and that's, that's why in my mind, Ric Flair will always be the greatest professional wrestler ever is because he was always a professional wrestler. Right. And he, he was one of my influence, you know, you know, eighties, you know, being my, you know, 12, 13 years old. That's when WWE started taking off. Hulk Hogan just won the time. Everybody was a right. Hogan fan. Yeah, everybody was, you know, I, I like, and and I've mentioned this before. I was a big Dr. D. David Schultz fan. I just love his style. You know, he's a brawler. Yeah, well, I mean, Dr. He's the original promos. Stone Cold, if you ask me. And I've said yes, that before, he is. too. 
and but I grew up watching the NWA Georgia Championship Wrestling with Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes, and later on Magnum TA, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, and Barry Windham came in after this departure with the WWF. So, you know, them guys were big influences on me. Uh, even Sam Houston, Tommy Rich, you know, Ricky Morton. You know, a lot of to NWA. Yeah, we got right. you and I got some. I don't know. You got what, 13, 14, almost 14, 15 years, something like that between us. So I wasn't privy to privy yeah. to the good shit. You know what I mean? I didn't get the top. Sh- I didn't get the top shelf. Right. I got the what do they call that stuff? Uh, <laughs> the the well liquor. That's, that's what I got when it comes to wrestling. So. <laughs> right. But yeah, you you got to come in. I mean, me and I don't know if you talked to JT Starman here lately. Uh, he's been talking about you know getting you back in it, and you know me and Joe Black are starting to when we start tagging up. Uh, you know maybe us four can get our own little group together. That'd be good for me. I told the uh, I told my kids. You know when you got kids, you you tend to look at life through their eyes. It's, you, it's a shift. I start looking at me through their eyes and, you know, my eight year old dad, you know, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, why, why didn't you? I'm like, well, I did. I just didn't get to the the mountaintop of it. Well, why not? And then you start sitting there thinking, well, shit, why did I drink too much? Did I, did I have too much fun and not put enough work in, uh, you know, all the way to failure, but of the, However far I didn't go, all falls on me. And then I get to thinking, I'm, I'm not old yet. And then I start hitting the weights and I start thinking, man, I feel good. And I've got all that youthful stuff out of me. Uh, I'm middle-aged now. Um, it, it'd be the time to hit it, you know. Uh, I, I, won't hit the same, yeah. I won't hit the same pitfalls I did before. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I... Yeah, I'd love to see, and I'm pretty sure like guys like Brad would have love to have you back, and uh, a lot of the promotions. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I haven't even like uh, I don't even know what the independent style is like anymore. I know I caught a video about a year or so ago on my Facebook TWA, and the production quality on it was nice. The I mean, their setup looked good, everything looked good, uh, and I know the guys that he's got working for him. You know, they'd worked for Viper, uh, and Viper's. Uh, He's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's absolutely, he's probably my favorite, favorite person in wrestling. Uh, I know we, would, yeah. we, we went down there. They had, uh, I don't know what town it was. They had the ring set up there on the stage for training. And we went in there and I said, you know, we, we, me and Viper got to talking. And I said, I really like chain wrestling. He's like, well, let me show you some. And I don't know how long we were in there. I want to say two hours. That might be a lie. It might have been an hour. Hell, he might have worn me out in 15 minutes. I don't know, but. Uh, he taught me a lot and, uh, just a super nice dude. And yeah, yeah, Viper, yeah, Viper's tremendous human being, super, super human being. I mean, that's, you know, I was going through some shit and he contacted me and talked to me and everything. And I mean, he'll do anything for anybody. Yes. Me and him used to talk. I used to love to drink beer. I, we, I mean, we'd down at his house some, and we'd drink there, or, you know, we'd, uh, wherever we were, man. Would, and uh, I know I was going through some hard shit there for a while, and we we talked on the phone daily for, for I don't know how long. It, it, it was a while. And uh, we, we lost contact. Hell, I lost contact with everybody in wrestling once the once the marriage came and uh, kids started popping up and all that went off. And, uh, yeah, Viper was... He was always there when you when you know you call him. He's there. Yep. Yep. Um, so, what do you think? You've seen it now. Now, now you take a step away from the time you came in to the business compared to what it is now. What do you see? What the difference is? on the independent scene? Uh, yes. Nothing. I don't see any difference really. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's the first. A lot of guys, you know, mentioned before, the guys coming in now want that, you know, 
that spot to be the guy. You know, coming in, you know, when am I going to get my title shot? This or, you know, and they don't want to put the uh, work into it or the uh, time to earn your spots. Well, a lot of guys, even back when I started, no four guys didn't either. You'd run into the same type of, uh, uh, you know, big fish, little pond syndrome. Um, That, you know what I'm saying there with, uh, if there's a hundred people and, you know, you should treat every match like it's WrestleMania. Uh, But at the same time, you know, uh, you're the champion of this promotion. That's great and all, but let's, let's, let's be real. Um, that belt and a that belt and a dollar will get you a cup of coffee at McDonald's. Uh, and you're right, nobody wants to put in. And the thing is, nobody wants to put in the miles, and that's time. Uh, you got to look at somebody. I'm trying to think. Uh, well, Benoit, 20 years, you know, for that belt, and he was solid as fuck the whole time. 20 years for that belt. Yep. You look at somebody like Eddie Guerrero, same story. You look at Steve Austin. You know, it took him eight years. But uh, he was also a lot bigger, and he was also, in my opinion, a lot more charismatic. Uh, well, Eddie got Eddie was charismatic, but that didn't really come out until he got to the to the WWE WWF, you know, when he was really yeah. able to show that. Yeah, now it's like WWE does the same thing WC, WCW did to them guys, like the Jerichos and the Benoit's and the Guerreros. I mean. John Moxley, look at him at AEW. Well, AEW, I went and watched one of their shows last it was last year, last Thanksgiving, day before Thanksgiving or something, and uh, I wasn't impressed at all. I'm glad that there's a place where guys can go make stupid money doing what they want, but I don't think that that company's helping pro wrestling's cause at all zero, and that's just my opinion. I could be looking at it through, through some kind right. of glasses that are off, but I just don't see – and I – do. Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, I know he's a, he's went through the same places a lot of us have. He's from here. But I don't see – I don't know what's Jim Cornette call him, Stone Cold Cosplay. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't see yeah. anything – I don't see an individual there. I see somebody, maybe honestly like us, that absolutely eats, sleeps, lives, breathes, and dies this shit. But he's not come out yet him, himself. You know, I've, I've never been a big fan of the deathmatch stuff. I, I mean, yeah, the guys that do it, good on them, but I, I think it makes it really, it makes it difficult on uh, guys to go in there and actually, when you got a guy hitting another guy with a fucking aluminum baseball bat in the head, and, and that's a two. You know, it really kills the fucking yeah. bomb. Power bombed off the fucking uh, an 18 wheeler through light tubes onto a bed of nails and he gets up and walks away. It's, there's a line. Yeah. If it's making money, that line will move. You know what I'm saying? Oh, this shit's making money. I don't give a fuck how ridiculous it is. People were paying to see this madness. So we're going to go ahead and do it. Yeah. I mean, that's in the nature. Sometimes it, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just old. But anyway, what does future holds for uh, I don't know. Wrestling wise, time will tell there. Uh, to be honest, uh, I, I talked with my biological father. He, uh, we really didn't know each other all too well. You know what I mean? He didn't raise me. He was there until I was about two. Uh, he'd get me a few weekends here and there, whatever. Well, at about 16, I went up to visit him. He wasn't home. And my grandma said, there's all this junk in the basement. You know, you want it? There's a tote full of wrestling magazines and like flyers and posters and shit from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So I would say, uh, we were talking there about a month ago, me and my biological dad, and I said, uh, it's just in our DNA, at least to love it. Maybe not to be successful at it, but to love it. And uh, I don't know what an AEW tryout entails. I know they pay really good money. Uh, I know how you go about a WWE tryout and an NXT tryout, and I think that's in my future. I think that I, I think my thirty seventh year on this planet, that's something that I'm going to do because I want my kids to see. You know, you 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 may know going in that the odds are ninety nine point nine percent that you're going to fail. Go in anyway. You know, 
So I think that's what the future holds. I think I, I think I'd really like to go for an NXT tryout just uh, just to put that notch on my belt. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see you, you know, on there and say, hey, you know, tell my kids, I, I, I know that guy. Yeah. Well, I would like but, for my daughters to be like, holy crap, that's my dad. You know, he said he yeah. said he was going to do that, and he went and did it. You're going to have to forgive me for a second. My daughter got yeah. loose, and she's out here. <laughs> yeah, my, you know, my son, he's 23 now, living in Oregon, and he remembers me doing it, and uh, my daughter, she'll be nine here in a couple of weeks, and uh, oh, she absolutely loves the shows. She gets into it. Uh, oh, the wrestling? Yeah, I mean. Oh, yeah. I was wrestling it with me. Chris X. I guess Christian Steele and Rob Johnson. And, of course, you know, family comes in first. They had the front, front row. Rob Johnson, you know, threw me outside the ring, kicked me in my head right in front of my daughter. She got up and she was ready to fight. <laughs> you know, I'm laying down, you know, picking up the front of my eyes. Yeah, she she got up, she's going to kick him. Right. Yes, I mean she hoops and hollers and Tommy Blaine turned on me on the show and she went back in the locker room oh for him. I love it. Yeah, Kyle Castle. You know, Viper's brother, Guy Castle, warning says, "Hey, Buckshot daughter's looking for you. You better go." Guy Castle, that's that is Viper's brother. I heard somebody told me that. I did not yeah. know that somebody mentioned yeah. it, and I said, "Well, you know, I don't know. I'm, that's cool." Yeah, I'd seen, I'd been, I'd seen him yeah. at two shows. I really like that guy too. Uh, nice guy. Yeah, Guy. Let's run in the family. Nice Super talented too. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, any advice? You can give to the young guys and gals who don't, want to come in don't. to our business. Don't. <laughs> Is that horrible? Uh, dude, yeah. if you, honestly, if you're going to do it, <laughs> go to a shit place and get trained. Go get trained professionally. Pay the money. If you're going to go become a mechanic, are you gonna go, where are you going to go to learn? If you want to go learn to be a doctor, if you want to do anything, if you want to be uh, a carpenter, don't go to a, a, a D list or a C list carpenter or a surgeon or uh, a anything to learn. Spend, you love it, spend because not only are you learning properly, you're networking properly. When you go to the places where it costs legitimate money and you learn from legitimate people, you're going to make legitimate contacts. And that's the most important thing you can have in this, in this business, the wrestling business, is contacts. And you're only going to get them by taking uh, a very specific route. And that's the proper way. You know, we all want, there's nothing wrong with getting together with your buddies and wrestling or maybe even having some people come watch, uh, but learn. It is very dangerous. You know I and mean? we enjoy it. It's fun. It, it brings out a side of us that maybe we for everyday lives, but you can also end up in a wheelchair fucking quick. And I don't know, like, what it's yeah. worst. What's it worth to you is what I would ask them. It, you know, is it, are you willing to go break your neck for five? I, dude, I, I drove four hours one time to a show. God only knows how far away. Wait in line to get paid. Well, the dude, I'm not going to mention a name, but the dude for, you know, I'm standing there still waiting. And J, uh, DJ Skittles comes out and says, uh, did you get paid yet? I said, no, everybody's gone, dude, except us three guys riding in the car. Well, he comes out with $5 and an envelope and a hot dog. Now, let's say that night when I got paid $5 and a dude would have picked me up and tossed me and, 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 and just, just shattered my fucking arm. What's it worth to you? You know what I mean? And if I would have taken a little bit different of a route, I wouldn't have ended up in that situation in the first place. So that's, that's my advice is go pay the money. Pay more than you should. You know, go go somewhere. At this point, where is there? You got Lance Storm. Who's even running? What what legit pro wrestlers are even running schools anymore? They have NXT and WWE. If you if you've got anything, they scoop you up and offer you fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year just not to open a school. You know, they're they're squashing everything. So, I mean, NXT may be the only place to really go learn. 
I'm yeah. not a Triple H fan um, at all, but if you were ever to want to be trained by how to from. And he, I, I, I could care less to ever watch one of his um, matches, but again, at this point, but he's definitely, if you want to learn, he'd be, he'd be the best one to learn from right now. Yeah, and they, and they got some you know, other guys there to help uh, with the Shawn Michaels and... is amazing, too. Uh, he had a God-given ability that uh, very few guys have. Actually, I don't know if anybody else ever had what he had. I think he might have been one of a kind. Yeah, that, that, that's an understatement. <laughs> Shawn Michaels. Um, one question I forgot to ask you. What titles have you oh, held? Oh, Lord Almighty. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, ones that come off the top of my head, I was NWA Tri-State Heavyweight Champion, uh, which is a decently big deal because when I was NWA Tri-State Heavyweight Champion, I was uh, number eight contender in the world for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. I actually had my name up there. It was quite amazing. Abyss was on the list. A couple other guys were on the list. I'm like, holy shit, I'm on this list. How the fuck did that happen? Apparently, they just like randomly pick guys from the because they have the little territories, the NWA, and they'll randomly pick some champions and put them on the list. I about shit my pants. Uh, NWA Tri State Heavyweight Champion, um, NWA Tri State X Division Champion. I'm trying to think. AWA, MWA Heavyweight Champion. I both. That's bad that I don't remember. Some shots. I do know that you and then you and Storm hold the uh, OWA I believe tag so. titles. I knew I had held tag belts somewhere. Did those things like you? You know, with those, you don't even know. You know, I mean, when you get companies like that, you they have them at the show. Yeah. They get them to you. They're kind of a prop. Um, I don't know, man. There's. Belts were never me ever. I honestly, my favorite part on the card. I love working. I love work working the curtain. To be honest, I love getting it. You know, I love. Then after that, you know, you want to be. Jerking the curtain was awesome, dude. You know, right. The ten minutes to, to tone. I, th- those were ones off the top of my head, right. but. I never put too much stock in them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know how soon Brad's going to be running, but I'm pretty sure, not speaking for Brad, but I'm going to have him on here tomorrow night. Um, yeah, get with Brad and see when he's going to be out. I'm pretty sure he'd love to have you, TWA, and eventually have you and Bane Lewis in the ring. I would pay money to see that. Well, it's been, it's one of those things, jumping back in, it'd be fun. Um, Uh, I'd actually looked at purchasing a ring here not too long ago, just for the sake of independent, and we've been a motherfucker, so, you you know, there's nowhere to go train now. I know that Vance Desmond, what it was called, but he had a little company here in Parkersburg, this uh, pandemic stuff started, uh, need to get in there i'm not i'm not above saying that i'd like to scratch and retrain it'll all come back quickly but there's i'm not against going in there and running drills again like right in there with the new guys just so i'm i'm square because not only do i not want to get hurt i don't want to hurt nobody else right yeah uh f1p's running out of byesville ohio um yeah, that, that's where me and Joe's going to be taking up. We'll get the enforcers group going on, me, you, Storm, and Joe. Yeah, just uh, hopefully this stuff will end and the state of Ohio will get back to normal, West Virginia. And- we got to impeach that door. I don't know what you guys are doing over there. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it'd be good. Yeah, we need to stay in contact. And, and I like, and I was talking to my girlfriend, you know, maybe next, you know, I just turned 51. You know, and I like to do it for one more year, maybe next October. It called it quits. And you're one guy I never got to work with. And I would love to have the opportunity to work with you at least one time before. Right. I I think we might have been in a battle royal once. We might have just passed by each other shoulder to shoulder or something. I remember being in a ring with you at some point, but 
Yeah. Yeah, I, and I just watched that not too long ago because I got the DVD. Yeah, I, I, I'm not yeah. taking your hand, and I think I I'm too trusting, here. man. I'm just too trusting. That's the problem. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the only time. And Jesse Law would not let us do anything because we were both right. some of his top faces at the time. And he didn't want to put two faces in against. Yeah, dude, I don't even know. The face, does face and heel even matter yeah. anymore? I don't. I don't think. I think everyone is kind of what they call a tweener. Born. Depends on the damn day. Yeah. 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 But <laughs> yeah, I remember they tried to turn me heel per se in uh, RPW, and that you know JoJo Little and JT Hogg and Bryce Bennett tried to tell me that's a name I ain't heard. Work. That's a hell of a dude. JT Hogg was one of my favorite people, dude, in the tri-state locker room. One of the nicest dudes ever. One time we were sitting there, and he I, he was telling me a story about trying to lose weight. And he's like, I was eating nothing but tuna and crackers and some kind of fruit. I don't know what the fuck the fruit was, maybe an orange. But he uh, he said, I went blind, dude. I couldn't see. And I guess his doctor said there's something in that canned tuna that'll fuck your eyes up if you eat too much of it. So he ate so much tuna, he made himself blind for a spell. Fucked up that. Damn. Oh, yeah, I ended up. Yeah, the night I turned heel, I worked JT, and of course he was the RPW champ champion, and I lost. And yeah, but they said it wasn't going to end the dent. I was getting all the their faces booed, and so they had to turn me back face. And yeah. I mean, I tried, you know, yelling at the fans, telling right. them to shut up, and it's, kiss my ass, and you know, cheating and blatantly it's tough, cheating, man. And like some people. Care are just meant to be liked. Like, uh, I wrestled, we, uh, I don't even know. Uh, I don't know if you remember my buddy, Mark Kale, he refereed. He was actually one of the best natural referees I'd ever seen. He was really good. He had met a guy up in McConnellsville who had a 20 by 20 boxing ring. It was like getting fucking slammed on double ply cement. It was, it was a fucking trip. And uh, they run a show up there. They're like, we want you to work as a heel. Like, oh, yeah, that'll be fine, you know. But it's it's surprising how difficult it is. It sounds like it'd be easy. Like, go tell them to, you know, suck it. Go tell them this. Go tell them that. But there's a line to where if you don't know, you can actually make them like people enjoyed DX when they were bad, you know. Or that's what that's what what made Stone Cold so hot was they liked him when he was a bad guy. Uh, There's just a line that. It's hard to find. Flair found it, and eventually it even was Flair they started loving him for it. You know, it's... Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, try to get in touch with them people, and, you know, we'll find a way to get you in touch with the F1P people. And, yeah, I'd love to see you back. Yeah, that's definitely... Dude, I, I if I don't wrestle, if I don't make it somewhere, yeah. I, I'm going to call it a waste of life, truthfully, because there's... I've had opportunities for, for, for greatness and, and other aspects of my life and nothing feels right. Uh, I woke up this morning and I don't know why I just popped on the, uh, 2008 Royal Rumble. I don't even know why it just popped up on the YouTube on the TV. And I was like, well, shit, I'll watch it. It was a good one. Piper was my favorite part of that rumble, but, uh, my three-year-old crawled up and she doesn't say wrestling. She says wrestle and she absolutely hates it. Well, she come out and uh, the Undertaker and Shawn, Undertaker was number one. Shawn Michaels was number two, and she seen the Undertaker come out. And she's like, "Oh, Daddy, wrestle!" And she crawled up and laid down on the couch with me, man. And we watched that whole damn thing. And uh, right before, I mean, I, I mean, they wow. had the internet back then, but they seen it was what five months, six months early back from injury with a torn pec, man. That the roof blew off that fucking yeah. place, and that's just. That's what I try to explain to people. Uh, it's organic. There's something about it. Like, uh, it's live. Yes, it's theater. I mean, I'm not going to say it's not. But it's 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 athletic, and there's something about the uh, visceral visceral responses of the people. Uh, it's adrenaline, dude. It's... Uh, yeah. It's almost like you're a marionette, like uh, you're, you're a puppeteer if you're good at it. I don't want to use the word manipulation, yeah. oh, I but love it's, it. I love you can manipulate them, you know, and if it's it's a high. Yeah. Oh, definitely. The BSJ chants I used to get. 
Oh yeah. Oh my you gosh. Know. You get goosebumps. Well, I can never knows. get a wrestling name figured out to save my life, dude. Like, uh, like I said, the first one at fucking Bruce Banner, and then it was uh, Tony Wolf for my first legitimate match. And then, uh, well, you need a name. And I'm like, I still don't have a name, guys. Like, uh, And I had a shirt on. It was old Johnny Lightning, the old little uh, Matchbox cars. It was purple and yellow. Purple shirt with yellow lettering, Johnny Lightning. And they said, that's your name. And I wrestled as Johnny Lightning for a couple years. And then uh, Benoit, being, the he- being a hero to me that he was, um, said, I'm just going to use my real name. And I did that for a while. And, I mean, I'm going to be honest real quick, not to go too sideways, but... Uh, June, late June, you know, late June of 2007, I, I felt I figured I was done with wrestling at that point uh, when the Ben Walsh shit happened. Because, dude, I used his trunks for a while. I used his moves. I tried to copy that in, intensity because yeah. that's the most important thing. And there's that intensity. And uh, I had a match. I don't know about a month after, and I wore you know flat black karate pants because I mean, dude, and I had no I had no life in that match. I wrestled a guy named Dynamite Derek Billings. Who, who was a solid worker. That would probably be actually going back to a question asked a long time ago. If I ever had a bad match, that was probably it. Because I just, heart, my heart wasn't in it, you know. And and then I got to, and now here we are. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand, you know, your heart, your head not being in the match. And, you know, my first match in DWA and like, you know, Shit the bed in it because my head wasn't where it should have been and probably shouldn't have been in the match. But, you know, right before you're going out and you're getting all these attacks and shit, and right before you match, like, fuck. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. The longer you get to talk about wrestling, the longer it just brings up so much. Uh, Down there, Viper had a guy work for him there for a long time. Eric Steele, he went by Mr. Sex Appeal, Eric Steele, man. And he was a dude. He was a fucking hand. Um, we worked each other. I, I worked for Mike up in Parkersburg, the opening match. It was me and the snake man, Devin Michaels in a tag match against somebody. And, uh, I don't know who the hell it was, but, uh, we hit the first match there and rode down the highway and we got there just in time for, let's put it this way. I got out of the car and my buddy is Mark. He's the referee for the match. He runs in ahead of me, lets him know I'm there, dude. I get out of the car and I walk in, my music's playing. We haven't spoken a word like they, to, to stall for time, he's in there reading the cat in the hat, really pissing these people off. You know what I mean? So when I get in there and my music hits, this place is, is, is they're, they're, mm. they're wound tight. And we go out there, dude, and he was probably a legitimate 300 pounds, three, 300 pounds, I'd say. I might have been a buck 60 at the time. And we went in there, man, and it's one of my favorites. Again, now that you, the more you bring it up, the more that comes out. And we went in there and just, in my opinion, we burnt that down hardcore. Wow. Uh, speaking of Devin Michaels, anybody, you know. From what I heard, he just passed in I know sleep. what happened He's to only him 39. Or... I mean, I don't know. When I was in the AWA, we rode up, me and Devin and Mike rode up to Milwaukee for the AWA Worldwide Tag Team Convention. It was me and Devin, and I don't know who the hell we wrestled. We only wrestled, I think, one match. But, uh, I don't know, me and Devin, we had words here and there. But he was just one of those guys. He was opinionated, but polite. Uh, I really enjoyed his company. We both loved to drink, I'm telling you. We were up there that night, and uh, they said, well, we're all going out to the bar, and we're going to do this and that. Me and Devin were taking this shit dead serious, you know. To both of us were like, this is an opportunity to shine. So, uh, and Mike said, well, if you don't go up, they're going to think right. you guys are rude, and da-da-da-da-da. So, well, of course, now we know we're going to the bar. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon. We're going to the bar at 7, so we hit the liquor store. Then we hit the bar. Uh, we ended up stuffing Mike's mattress in the big king size mattress up in the shower. This little shower in a hotel. What a fucking fun time that was, man! But yeah, they were less than impressed with us that that evening. But I, we had fun. But yeah, Devin, I wrestled Devin a lot, <laughs> off and on at tags or against him. We wrestled once down there in Lubeck, and uh, he said, "I'm gonna bring that snake up and drop it on your shoulder, and I'm gonna wrap it around you and put it in your face." Act scared. I said, "Shit, dude, I ain't gonna have to act. That's a big ass fucking snake." 
he puts it on my shoulder, wraps it around he's backing me up. This take this snake takes a massive shit. I didn't know it. I get to the back and my boots all squishy. Squish. I'm like, what the fuck? Take my boot off, dude. The snake had shit down my leg and half filled my boot up. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Uh, oh, shit. What a fucking fun time that was. Yeah. Yeah, I wrestled LPW. You know, Devin was there. I had my stuff there. You know, Devin you know, shows up later, puts a snake down. I go in to get some more of my gear. Yeah. That fucking bag moved. I yeah I fucking hightailed away from yeah Mike had moved a, my gear from his Mike had a fucking Ford Mustang I do not like took that son of a bitch clear up mm. to Milwaukee and I want to say it was eighteen hours I don't don't hold me to it but it was a long long way to drive to Milwaukee and uh, you know this back seat of a Mustang ain't got no room so I'm back there you know sipping on a drink because yeah. I don't want to get belligerent in the car. And this fucking snake's in a bag right beside me. And it's massive. Jesus, dude, can't you pick a new gimmick? <laughs> he said that. Yeah, but that he said yeah, that require more work. <laughs> uh, yeah. Touche, brother. Touche. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just reaching and get. I don't know what I was getting out of my, <laughs> my gear bag. I see that fucking bag move. Nope. I about tripped over JT to get away from the fucking bag. Oh my yeah, gosh. Snake yeah. was no joke, dude. Yeah, I knew Devin had got out there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We, me and him wrestled as a tag team against Ricky Landell and somebody down in, I want to say, Mannington. And uh, that goddamn snake, fucking dude, you turn a corner and he'd be holding it there, like right, ready to scare the shit out of you, like, motherfucker. God damn it. Be glad I'm not armed. Right. Yeah, he was a wild guy. Jeez, that that, that kind of bothered me hard when I heard about him. I come across my Facebook, and he was young, man. I thought he was way older than that. Yeah. I mean, when I was wrestling, shit, we were doing that shit in 07, 13, 14 years ago. So I'd have been 23, 24. I thought he was in his 30s. But he was, shit, only two years older than me at that point. He was 25, 26. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't Shame know. I, mean, I just came out I'd of nowhere. Got into bodybuilding. You know, I, I'm not. Who knows what happened? It's it's very fucking unfortunate because, uh, yeah, even when you have, I find that the people you have words with half the time end up being closer to you than uh, people you just just amicably get along with all the time. You know, uh, we always didn't get along, but uh, it's just unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, my brother. Well, I thank you for uh, you know coming on here tonight. Uh, like I said, we'll stay in contact and see what we can see what we, or you can do yourself or you know whatever. Get back in that. Well, way, that's, that's uh, talent, I'm brother. talking to my. Well, I did the physical therapy, but I got an orthopedic doctor that I deal with. Uh, I've got, I've got bad knees. Always have had bad knees. I blew one out in in high school playing baseball. Uh, the other one. It, it uh, I didn't even know when I did it, man. I was just walking around. And I'm like, man, it really hurts, really hurts. And I, I didn't do anything massive or spectacular. I went in and this is tour, that's tour. We got to go in and do surgery. And I'm thinking, shit. So what I'm looking at, uh, depending on the cash flow, you know, business is slow right now. But uh, from what I hear, the stem cell stuff they're doing for joints is absolutely amazing. So, yeah, like uh, we're really? talking can, can take you back 20 years. Both my knees and both my shoulders are shit. So born with bad joints, man. It's in the DNA. So see, you got to work around it. I said, "How do you work around bad knees?" I guess you do a lot of <laughs> do a lot of mat work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was an absolute pleasure, man. Right, it was uh, it was really nice getting to getting to sit down and get some of this out, man. It's been in there so long. Hell, names are coming out that I haven't said in fifteen years. Well, ten years, but. Long time. Yeah, it was good talking to you, man. It's been a minute since you know I talked to you or even seen you. I think the last Shit, time yeah, I, dude, I cut you, that you in eight. That long hair. I grew it back out, but it wasn't the same. 
I think I don't know the one time we worked up there, I had uh, gotten all happy drunk the night before and said I was going to diet. You know, I'm going to diet blonde. And uh, I don't know. I didn't buy enough dye or I didn't know what I was doing. Hmm. I'm, you know, not not the type to dye my hair regularly. It came out looking like a wheat field, bro. It was bad news. It looked absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I should have cut it then, but. Right. All right, man. Yeah, we got to stay in touch somehow, brother, and get together and we'll do something. Absolutely, you, brother. Sounds good. We'll it was an absolute out. pleasure to get to talk with you about this, and uh, we'll be in touch soon. All right. For Brandon Morgan, I'm the American Redneck Buckshot Jones. Thanks for uh, listening to the BSJ Podcast. Later.